there uh, from the comfort of our homes at Hope Haven Home Church. Is everybody doing all right? Everybody doing good? All right. Praise God. Uh, we want to welcome those of you. This, If this is your first time to our ministry, we want to welcome you to Hope Haven Church, uh, where we believe in being real. We believe in reaching, evangelizing, accepting and love. Uh, I want to thank everyone, everyone that is on our Zoom app right now, as well as those of you that are tuning into Facebook Live. We want to just thank you and let you know that we appreciate you for joining us uh, as we worship the name of the Lord on today. Uh, so before we get started with the word, uh, I want to start with a word of prayer. So if we can just uh, bow our heads at this moment and let's just have a conversation with God uh, and then we'll get right into the word of the Lord. Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity for all of us just to gather, God, uh, although not in person, God, but even through technology, God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this is the day that you have made. And God, we will definitely rejoice in spite of and we will be glad in it, God. God, we ask for just a special touch on today, God. We ask, God, that you touch each and every single one of us, God, that are tied into this line, God, those of us that are streaming online. We ask, God, for just a special move in our lives right now, God. Comfort us, God. Give us strength, God, and remove the spirit of worry and the spirit of fear, God. For, God, we understand that all things are subject to your will and to your word, God. We ask, God, right now, God, that you continue, God, to have your way, God. Even, God, in areas that we don't understand, God, we ask, God, that you give us clarity, God, and that you lead us. Allow us not to be led by our own understanding, God, but allow us to be led by you, God. Touch each and every single one of us, God. You know our prayer requests, God. You know our needs, God. We ask, God, that you meet every need, God. We ask, God, that you touch those that are sick, God. Those that may have been infected by uh, the COVID-19 virus, God. We ask, God, for your special power, God, and for your special healing, God. For, God, we understand that there is power in the name of Jesus and there is power by your blood, God. We ask, God, that you touch the government of this land, God. Give them the instruction. Give them the insight, God. Give them the revelation, God. God, that we need in this season, God. We ask, God, that you continue, God, to just do your work, God. God, do what you do, God. For, God, all we can do is trust and depend on you in this season. And, Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, many of you uh, are now experiencing a challenge right now uh, where the the world as we have known as being normal has shifted. Uh, three, four weeks ago, uh, if someone would have told all of us that we'd have been confided in our houses uh, and we wouldn't have been able to go out and uh, the majority of people that you would come in contact with would have face masks on, uh, you probably would have told them, uh, nah, that that doesn't sound right. This must be some kind of hoax or uh, some type of chain event on social media. Uh, but now we're living in a time that no one, no matter how old you are, has ever experienced a situation like this before. And what we're going through right now is we're now trying to shift our norm and shift uh, the way that we have operated and have done things uh, in order uh, for us to maintain and continue to survive and continue to live. Uh, all of us are going uh, through different transitions, whether it's homeschooling with our children, whether it's working remotely from home, uh, or even for those of us that still have to go into the office, uh, things are just not the same. Not only has there been a shift in our uh, personal lives, uh, but there has also been a shift 
in the church world. Uh, what we see now is we now see that many churches are hurrying and trying to come up with strategies and different types of ways and different types of methods in order to reach the masses. So now you, you go to Facebook Live right now and you probably have about 5, 10, 20 different preachers on your timeline. And uh, you go to Instagram Live and it's probably the same results. Uh, right now, there's many of you that are on our Zoom app and uh, it just doesn't feel uh, the same. Uh, so we're doing what we can to shift and align and to do whatever that we can do uh, to give you as close as a normal experience as possible. Uh, but in spite of all of that, one thing that we do not want to forget is that God is in control. Uh, so although we have all of these creative abilities and although uh, we're coming up with all of these uh, different ways to reach you and to reach the masses and to reach the world, uh, the main thing that we want to make sure that we do is that we stay aligned to God. Uh, now, I have no issue uh, with creativity. I don't believe that creativity uh, is against the will of God. I believe that God has anointed and God has called us to be creative. And I can give you Bible for that. Uh, if you remember uh, when God had instructed Moses to build the tabernacle, uh, the Bible says that he assigned certain creatives and certain people who were anointed uh, to make the curtains and to make the rings and to make all of the different instruments that were used for the tabernacle. There were anointed smiths. There were anointed uh, people that were good in fabric. Uh, so there were creatives and there are creatives even throughout the scriptures. Even when you look at uh, the the priesthood uh, in the book of Exodus and when um, Moses is instructed by God to create uh, the garments for the priesthood, there were creatives and people that were gifted in that area uh, that was assigned to make sure that the priests were dressed according to what God had instructed the priests to be dressed like. Uh, so creativity is throughout all of the Bible. I can keep going. Uh, when Solomon went to build and erect the temple uh, after David had died, he had certain people who were skilled with craft and skilled with cutting and hewing trees and hewing stone. Uh, they were creatives who were part of the process of creating the temple of God. Uh, I'm saying all of that to say this, uh, that we have to make sure that we're not so creative and in the minds of ourselves that we do not remain connected to God. Uh, so the, the, the title of this message today is three signs, three signs of a contagious church. Uh, what I mean by contagious is not a pandemic with something that's going to kill us. Uh, but how do we come become contagious to the point to where other people want to hear the gospel? How do this this gospel? How uh, does our works? How does our callings become so contagious uh, that the rest of the world tunes in and wants to know what must I do to be saved? So I want to give you three signs of a contagious church. Sign number one of a contagious church is a church that remains connected to God. I want to say that again. Uh, a sign of a contagious church is a church that remains connected to God. Uh, if we're not connected to God in this season, then we cannot expect the results that we're looking for. 
Uh, so when we look at the text in uh, St. John, the 15th chapter in the fifth verse, uh, Jesus gives them uh, a, a scripture here and he speaks to his disciples and he shares with them in St. John 15 and five. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. A church without Christ is a church with no power. And a church that is not connected to God is a church that has no purpose. Uh, You have to understand that if God is the vine and we are the branches, then him being divine will allow us to grow the appropriate fruit for the appropriate season. Uh, This is a season that none of us have ever experienced before. So therefore, God has to prep us to be able to produce the appropriate fruit. Uh, Who am I talking to today? Uh, So you have to understand that we're not doing church the way that we are used to doing it. But we're doing if we're connected to God, we're doing it the way that he wants it to be done. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're presenting the appropriate fruit for the appropriate season. I need about five of y'all just to type stay connected. Stay connected, stay connected, Uh, because in this season, if we are not connected to God, we will produce fruit that is out of season. Not only that, but there's a possibility that if we are not connected to the vine and if you go down to the sixth verse, he begins to share with us that those branches are broken off. They cannot produce fruit and they will be burnt in fire. And what we don't want is we don't want a church with a bunch of strategy, with a bunch of gimmicks, with a bunch of games, with a bunch of ideas and with a bunch of highlights, but has no power and no instruction from God. What we want to be in this season is we want to be a church that is connected. Connected to God to the point to where if God shifts, we shift with him. Oh, I wish I was talking to somebody today. We want to be in position that if God decides to come in another way, we're in tune with his voice and we're able to shift in the direction that we need to shift in. Uh, so we started these Bible studies before there was a coronavirus. We we were online months ago and it seemed uh, in, interper- in, non-personal. And folks were saying, what are you doing? You need to be in the walls of the church. Uh, but if we were to break down what the church really is correctly, the church goes beyond the four walls. And if you are only upset because you can't be within four walls of a church today, I'm sorry to tell you, but there's a possibility that you might be missing church because the true definition of a church is a group of spirit-filled believers, which means that I can be in a Walmart parking lot and still give God some praise if I'm in a mood, in a midst of spirit-filled believers. I can be on a Zoom app right now and we can give God some praise because we are spirit-filled believers. And what the enemy wants us to do, believe is that we are only confined to the four walls of the church. But I'm here to tell you that God can move in your house right now. God can move in your kitchen. Some of you might be driving. God can move in your car because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. And all I need is some spirit filled believers to connect with me and we can have some church all by ourselves. So the first sign of a contagious church is a church that stays connected to God. I need you guys to type that one more time. Stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. In this season, the churches that are going to miss the move of God are going to be the churches that are not connected to the vine. 
The churches that are going to be left behind because in this season, not only are businesses closing, but churches are closing are churches that are not willing to shift according to the voice that they hear from God. Uh, For too long, we have been doing things according to what we like. And what what you have to understand is that just because something is full or something is growing doesn't mean that it's healthy. Uh, Sometimes that can be infection. Uh, Sometimes that can just be unhealthy. Growth does not always mean healthy. Growth can mean an infection. And growth can also mean that you ain't eating right. Uh, So we have to understand what we want to do in this season is we want to present the appropriate fruit for the appropriate season uh, that God has called us in this season to be. Uh, so some of us may be struggling with how we're doing church right now. And, uh, and I get it. I get it. I, I'm, I'm used to a certain way. I've been in church for over 30 years and uh, th- there's only one way that I'm used to having church on Sunday. But God is shifting and I'm learning to be obedient to his call. The second sign, the second sign of a contagious church is a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's say that again. Uh, The sign of a contagious church, number two, is a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. If God does not empower us, uh, then we are not the church. If the church is not empowered by the Holy Ghost, then it's not a church. It's a social gathering. It's a club. But it's not a church that is connected to the vine. Now watch this. Uh, Jesus in the book of Acts, the first chapter around the fourth verse, uh, he comes on the scene and he tells his disciples that I'm getting ready to ascend. Can I talk to y'all today? Okay, let's just talk for a minute. Uh, that's why I sat down because I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna take a while. Uh, he says, I, I, I'm getting ready to ascend. Uh, and because I'm getting ready to sin, ascend, you're not going to be able to be connected to the vine right now. <laughs> so what I want you to do is I want you to tarry still in Jerusalem until the promise of the father, which is the Holy Spirit comes. Uh, Because if you move from chapter one of Acts to chapter two without the Holy Ghost, then the church as we know it would be completely different. Uh, So what God is, uh, what Jesus is sharing with his disciples is you cannot operate in this new dispensation as the church without the Holy Spirit. So rather than trying to move without God, wait for him. Now watch this. There's three purposes and three reasons why God allowed the disciples to wait in the upper room. The first reason is for faith, uh, because sometimes God can't operate in your life until you're able to open up your boundaries of faith for you to receive what he's trying to pour in you. Uh, So sometimes we're in a standstill season, not because God is not willing to move, but because we're willing to open ourselves. We're not willing to open ourselves up to receive what he's trying to impart into us. So sometimes God leaves you at a standstill and puts you in a season where he has to teach you how to develop your faith. Uh, So, so many times we get in positions where it feels like God isn't moving fast enough and we move ahead of God. And we end up with premature blessings and premature things that we weren't ready for 
because we didn't allow God to open up our cup of faith so that he can fill us. Oh, I wish I had somebody that can type right now and say, God, fill me up, fill me up, fill me up. I'm in a season right now. I don't know who I'm talking to where I'm at a standstill, uh but I'm not going to look at this as a delay or a deny. I'm going to look at this as a season where God is transitioning and building my faith. Who am I talking to right now? God is putting me in position right now to challenge me to expand my faith, to believe in what he's trying to pour into me. Uh, So they had to learn how to have faith in God when God wasn't moving. They had to learn how to trust him when Jesus wasn't in their presence. They had to learn how to work together when there was no instruction from the master who walked with them for three and a half years. And sometimes God remains silent because he's trying to teach you how to trust him, even when it appears that he's not making a sound. The second reason why they had to wait was because he had to teach them patience. Uh, Because sometimes we move ahead of God before God tells us to move. So what God wanted to see was whether or not they could remain patient and stay in the upper room until he came. Uh, See, sometimes we think God is just too slow and we jump in the driver's seat and God says, all right, I'll let you go and you end up crashing. Uh, So sometimes what God has to do is he has to just let you see for yourself that if he doesn't move, then you don't need to move. And finally, the third reason was God was teaching them how to work together in unity because a contagious church will not be effective if it does not work together in unity. Oh, I'm talking today. If we don't come together and work in unity under the unction of the Holy Ghost, then we lack to be a church. Now watch this. And we're going to get to that in my third point. The Holy Spirit is not one of confusion. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Spirit is not one of confusion, which means that God's not going to give all of us different types of instruction. Romans 12 says that we are one body with many members. When we function correctly, we all can be moving, but we'll be moving with the same purpose. So one thing that God wants to make sure that we understand before he empowers us with his spirit is that we need to have unity first in the church because the world is looking at how we're operating right now. And if we don't have unity here, there's no way in the world that we can expect the world to trust us with the gospel. So now he gives us three reasons. One is to develop our faith. Two is to give us patience. And three is for what? Uh Uh-oh, let me see if y'all can type that one. Patience, faith, one more, unity. All right, did anybody type unity? No, they didn't. (laughs) Faith, patience, and unity. I told you I'm going to treat y'all like it's a Bible study today. Faith, patience, and unity. Now watch this. When they proved their faith, when they proved that they could trust God, when there was nothing going on, when they proved that they could have patience, when nothing was moving and when they could prove that they could have unity while waiting for the Holy Spirit, the Bible says what? Second chapter on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound of a mighty Russian wind. Watch this. There was a sound of a mighty Rushing when are y'all with me? Y'all with me? There's a sound of a mighty rushing 
when. I'm going to say that one more time because I'm a little slow too. There's a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Watch this. There was no manifestation or anything tangible that they could see. There was nothing tangible that they could feel. There was nothing that they could have any type of feeling or grasp for. All they heard was a sound. Now watch this. I'm going to go a step further. They couldn't see it. They couldn't feel it. But they knew it. And the Bible says, and the spirit sat on them. And they had fire like cloven tongues. And they began to speak in unknown tongues. They began to speak in unknown tongues to themselves. Now we're going to go there in a minute. Now I know y'all saying, this is Palm Sunday. Why are you preaching Pentecost? I'm not preaching Pentecost. I'm going to show you how the church became contagious. Now watch this. They are sitting there. They have developed their faith. They have learned patience. They have learned unity. And now they hear a sound of something they have not seen, something they have not touched, something they cannot grasp. Now watch this. (laughs) We are now going out to the supermarkets and folks are wearing face masks. They're covering their faces out of fear of something that they cannot see or feel, but they know that if it gets in contact with them, it can have an effect on their physical abilities. Now, if we can have this type of fear of the coronavirus, then why can't we have this much faith in the Holy Spirit? So just like the virus comes in your body and takes an effect on your activity of your limbs is the same way that when the Holy Ghost comes in, there's a manifestation through our external appearance. Now, I'm not talking about your hands is new and your face is new. I'm talking about your heart is changed. So when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, they could not see it. All they heard, all they did was hear it and it affected and changed and gave them an outward manifestation of something that could not be seen. God, I feel like preaching right here. This is what is so powerful about the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. When the Holy Ghost filled them, it allowed them to operate and reach areas that they would not have reached if they worked in their own ability. Because the Bible says that there were devout Jews from all nations and God had to get his message to these devout Jews, but they did not all speak the same language. So what did God do? He empowered the church with his spirit and gave them the ability to reach into nations and give a message to people that they never would have been able to reach if they would have depended on their own ability. And that's how powerful the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is so powerful that it will connect in you and allow you to reach in places that you never would have reached to if you would have worked in your own ability. That's why a church that is contagious is a church that operates under the complete power of the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, we need power. I I, I thank God for lights and I thank God for cameras and I thank God for production and I thank God for all of these. I thank God for my media team. Lord knows they're working with me because I'm crazy and I'm driving them crazy. But can I share something with you? If we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, then all we're doing right now is performing. 
If we don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, then nothing is going to change. See, when the power of the Holy Ghost comes in, he's able to heal Corona. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes in, he's able to heal cancer. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes in, he's able to transform lives. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes in, he's able to change our situation. He's able to fix situations. He's able to fix this economy. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't need a bunch of TED Talks and a bunch of entertaining preaching. I need some power from the Holy Ghost in this season who am I talking to all right let me sit down I'm, I'm too excited point number three point number three I'm gonna get out of here y'all but I gotta take my my time on this third point the sign of a contagious church is a church that is selfless for the sake of the gospel say that again sign of a contagious church is a church that is selfless for the sake of the gospel. Let's, let's work with this for just a minute. Uh, book of Exodus, the 11th chapter. In the book of Exodus, the 11th chapter, uh, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. And when they have come out of Egypt, <clears throat> they begin to murmur and complain to Moses about how good they had it in slavery. And that's how sin will mess you all up. Sin will mess you, mess you up so bad that you'll actually think that you had it going on when you were under the yoke of bondage and under the yoke of sin. And you fail to understand the joy and the liberty that you have in Jesus Christ. And now they're reminding Moses how when they were in Egypt, they ate meeks, leeks, and melons, and cucumbers. And now all we have is this manna. <laughs> now let's, let's, let's study this. Uh, manna is translated in the Hebrew as what is this? It is actually God made ingredients from the sky. <laughs> I heard somebody say, God threw dough from heaven. The sun dried it. It broke while it was falling. And that's how we got manna. I don't know if that's true or not, uh, but it's God food. And what they're saying is that God, your food is not enough. Your food from heaven is not enough. Now watch this. He also allowed Moses to strike a rock and the rock gushed out water and the water fed them. Now watch this. The rock symbolized Jesus. And what they're saying is, Jesus, you ain't enough. (laughs) Jesus comes in St. John and says, I am the bread of heaven. He speaks of himself as the manna. And what Israel is saying in Numbers, the 11th chapter, is Jesus, you ain't enough. We got to be careful of being so caught up in the things of the world that we don't realize how satisfying the word of God is all by itself. So Moses is now upset. Can I get up? <laughs> Moses is now upset. He's concerned. Uh, he's 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 he, he, he's tired. And around the 15th verse, he comes. I know y'all see me put my eyes in my head. This is how I memorize scriptures. In the 15th verse, he comes uh, to God and he basically says, God, this is too much for me to handle. And he basically tells God to kill him. But what Moses does not understand is that the assignment was never Moses's. <laughs> the assignment was God. God never made Moses the governor of Israel. They always was a theocracy. 
they always were under the control of God. Moses was the mouthpiece, but God was the word. And sometimes we get so caught up in our assignments that we think that we have more control in the situation than God. So God says, all right, Moses, this is what I'm going to do. Go and grab you 70 elders. And what I'll do is I'm going to take a portion of my spirit and place it on all 70 of them. Moses now goes down to around the 24th verse, 25th verse, 24th verse, 25th verse. And he goes down and he says, all right, all 70 of you brothers, I need you guys to come around the tabernacle because God is going to put a portion of himself on all of you. And when the men came around, the Bible says that the Lord took a portion of his anointing and placed it on all 70 men. And the men begin to prophesy without ceasing. Now watch this. The word prophesy there does not mean to foretell, but it means to foretell. What they were doing there was they were not talking about what was going to go on in the future. And I see a car and next year and I see uh, you with with a new husband and I need everybody to get in the line that wants a new car. No, no, that's not what they were talking about. What they were actually doing in that text was they were glorifying and showing case the glory of God through praises. And the Bible says that they did this without ceasing, meaning that from morning to night, they gave God all of the glory. <laughs> now, I had a problem with this text because you got 70 men who have all this praise, but they don't leave the tabernacle. It reminds me of some of us that can only praise God in this season unless we're in the four walls of a church. <laughs> you can't give a hallelujah in the house because you've only been trained to give God praise in the confines of the four walls of the church. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. And what I believe in this season is happening as I'm preaching this is that God is shifting the way that we're used to having church. Stop waiting for Sunday to give God a praise and learn how to praise him Monday through Saturday, wherever you are. So now we see here that they begin to prophesy without ceasing, but there's a problem. There's two men that have taken this anointing outside of the church into the camp. Their names was Eldad and Medad. Eldad and Medad took this anointing. Now watch this. There are certain commentaries that say that they weren't amongst them, that it were actually 68 and that these two men were outside of the camp for whatever reason and didn't want to come close to the tabernacle out of fear of God. All right. Now, if we're going to take that twist to the text, I like that because what it shows me is that if God has purpose for you, he'll find you wherever you are. It basically shows us that you can run, but you can't hide. Reminds us of the story of Jonah. Jonah decides that he's going to go 2,500 miles away from God when God gave him an assignment that was 500 miles. Jonah gets in the water. A storm breaks out. They throw him in the water. God prepares a fish, flies, swims under the water. And when Jonah finally submits, God spits him right out onto the land where he belonged. You can run, but you can't hide when God has a calling on your life. So now we see here that these men took this prophecy, God found them wherever they were in the camp, still put his anointing on them because they still had purpose. 
So glad that God didn't just look for some of us to be in the church in order to recognize that we still had purpose for him. Because if that was the case, you would have never made it to church. But God found purpose with some of y'all where you were out on the streets. God found purpose for some of us when we were partying. God found us with purpose when we were doing what we wanted to do, regardless of how we felt. God in his divine timing called us, chose us, purposed us, and called us into his fold. And I'm so glad that God's purpose superseded my purpose. Because if I would have walked in my purpose, I wouldn't have been preaching to y'all today. I'd be doing my own thing. But glory be to God. He found me where I was. Are y'all with me? He now takes these two, has these two men who are prophesying in the camp, meaning they're prophesying amongst the rest of the people. They're walking around giving glory and praises unto the Lord. They're foretelling of all of his mercy and all of his kindness. And the Bible says, and Joshua runs back to Moses. And when he runs back to Moses, he tells Moses, Moses, stop them. Now, for years, I thought that Joshua was snitching. I hope y'all still hanging in there with me. For years, I thought Joshua was just snitching. But Joshua actually was concerned that the people would think that there were other leaders in Israel except for Moses. Now watch this. Look how Moses is. Moses is so bad. Moses looks at Joshua and says, you want me to stop them? I wish all of Israel would prophesy. Watch this. Because Moses understood that there's unity in the spirit of God. And if God was using them, he would not allow confusion to become between him and them. So one of the signs of a contagious church is when God can use multiple members of the body and nobody gets jealous. <laughs> Watch this. I might be the head, but I'm not going to stop the legs because the legs are important with advancing the kingdom. And the only way that the church will become contagious is when not only when everybody operates in their function, but everybody operates in their function and stays in their own lane. Can I go a step further? There's two reasons why there's such a huge fight in the church when it's concerning unity in the spirit. One is insecure leadership. I'm so afraid that you'll take my people and I'm so afraid that you'll take my domain. And you have to understand that we all belong to God. Now, yes, he has given us pastors, but you have to understand that if there's unity in the spirit, that there is a possibility that God can talk to the members and tell them to pray. They're like, can I, can I go somewhere? Uh, the Bible says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, which means that when I need to get a prayer through and my pastor ain't around, I can pray for myself. Can I go a step further? If there is somebody that's sick amongst me, I ain't got to just make a phone call, but I can lay hands too if I'm spirit filled. And that's, that's, that is what's going to make the church, make the church contagious. The church is going to become contagious when we move beyond just depending on leadership and realizing that we all are spirit filled believers and we all can pray. We all can fast. We all can reach God. We all have reading comprehension and we can understand the word of God according to our ability. What's going to make the church contagious is when the church functions in its full capabilities and we work and walk accordingly with unity. So Moses doesn't stop 
El dad and me dad. He rejoices. Because I told you the spirit has the ability to reach areas that we can't reach if we function in ourselves. What El dad and me dad did was they took the gospel into regions that Moses couldn't reach. He was pastoring three million people. So what God did was he anointed two other men to go into the uttermost parts of Israel and to function and use the same voice of Moses that was in Moses, which is the voice of God and get a work done. So when we go back to Acts one and four verses or one verses four through eight, and we begin to look at the scripture, Jesus shared with us that what he was going to do was he was going to use us so that we could preach the gospel in Samaria, Judea, in all uttermost parts of the earth. The only way that that was able and that is able to happen is if we are functioning under the spirit of the Holy Ghost and we're functioning with the spirit of unity. I'm going to close here. Philippians, the first chapter, verses 15 through 18. I love this. Paul is in prison at the time. And while Paul is uh, sitting there in prison, uh, he, has, he has an issue. Uh, there's two groups of people. Uh, there's the first group. Uh, there's the first group of people who uh, decided that because Paul's in prison, this gives me an opportunity to move up to the limelight. Uh, they, they look at his imprisonment as opportunity. They're not sad. They're not depressed, but they feel good. Uh, they have envy and strife, as Paul speaks of it there. But then there was another group uh, who, who, who did not have false motives. They had a pure heart. So I can imagine the people asking Paul, well, what do you feel about this? Brother such and such is out there preaching and he's taking your platform and he's on he's 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 preaching in areas that we know it would have been yours if you wasn't in prison. Uh, But Paul shares with us, he says, I rejoice either way. For as long as the gospel is being proclaimed. Then that's all right with me. That, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is what I call a selfless church, which can be a contagious church. When we move our motives out of the way and whether they get saved under our ministry or under another ministry, whether they're being fed by this pastor or under that pastor, as long as we're functioning under the same spirit, it shouldn't matter. Shouldn't be church beasts. It shouldn't be, uh, I don't like him because he goes here and he goes there. No, as long as we are functioning under the same spirit, and we are doing it selflessly, then the church should be a contagious church. I'm going to give you three points. The three points, and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to re- 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 reiterate these three points for you, and I'm going to move on right here. You with me? Point number one. Point number one. Uh, signs of a contagious church, number one. They are connected to Christ. A contagious church is a church that is connected to Christ. As long as we abide in him and he abides in us and we receive fruit from him and it's due season for the appropriate season, then we will be contagious. Because what's going to happen is as our fruit buds, it's going to draw the world to us, (laughs) not to us, but to him. 
So what we want to do is we want to be connected to him so that we can produce fruit that will draw the world to the church. And as long as we're producing, we'll keep drawing. As long as we're producing, they're going to keep coming. As long as we're producing, it will become contagious. But in order for us to keep producing, we have to stay connected in Christ. Number two, a sign of a contagious church is they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. If a church is not fueled by the Holy Ghost, if a church is not led by the Holy Ghost, if a church is not under the unction of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to go a step further. If a church does not showcase the gifts of a whole of the Holy Ghost, then you got a church that's in trouble. And number three, the church must be selfless for the sake of the gospel. This is not the time to be territorial. This is the time to point somebody to Christ. However they need to hear it, however they need to receive it. And maybe your pastor, maybe I'm not the appropriate person, but maybe there's somebody that can speak it in a language that they can understand rather than telling them that that church ain't saved. Let me lead you over there so that God can use you and give you the word that you need so you can sustain. What's going to make the church contagious in this season is that we have to be selfless and realize that it's not about us. It's not about our ministry. It's not about our gospel. It's not our, our preaching. It's not about our offerings. It's about him. And if it's about him, you're going to do what is necessary to make sure that souls are saved at any cost. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity for us to come on Palm Sunday. And although this wasn't uh, our typical Palm Sunday, God, I feel like it was very important for us just to discuss how your church will be contagious in this season. God, allow us, God, to lean on you. Allow us, God, to abide in you. Allow us to trust you. God, allow us to be fueled by you and allow us to be selfless for you. God, in this season, God, instruct us, God, lead us, God. Give us the proper strategy, the proper production. Give us, God, whatever you need us to do, God, so that we can reach the cost of the lost, God. Give them the gospel, God. And not only just feed them physically, but feed their souls spiritually. God, give us the word of life. Feed us, God so that we can be a blessing to others. And God, today, God, we still send a special prayer, God, out into this world. God, just as this virus is, 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 is out in the air, God, we know, God, that you have power over all things, God. God, we ask God for your healing power. We ask God for your touching power. We ask God for your grace and your mercy, God. We ask in this season, God, that you continue to draw the souls into the church. God, bring them in, God. God, draw them, save them, God, deliver them, God. Ask, allow them to ask, what must I do to be saved, God? And God, give us the answers, God, to disciple and to evangelize. And Lord, we thank you. Touch every church, God, around the country that is doing the work of the gospel, God. Equip them, God. Continue to encourage them, God. Encourage these small businesses and even the large businesses that are allowing people to be unemployed in this season. God, we ask, God, that you bring employment back, God, that you open financial doors, God, that we lack for nothing in this season, God. For God, you said I once was young. The psalmist says I once was young, but now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God, we're depending on you right now, God. We ask God, you to, we ask for you, God, to be everything that we need. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen, y'all. Uh, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. 
praise God. Um, obviously, we'll probably be still streaming here online uh, on Easter. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to still have church, y'all. We're still going to give God some glory. We're still going to uh, continue to go through the word of God. Um, so what I'm going to ask you to do next Sunday, we're actually going to be having a communion service online, online. Um, so there are two options. Uh, the first option uh, is if you can go to the stores this week, the supermarket, um, and get some grape juice uh, as well as some crackers, uh, you can do that. Another option is you can go on Amazon uh, and they have a communion box set. Uh, and you can buy one of those as well. They're not that expensive. I believe they're about $6.99 on Amazon. Um, so you can purchase that. Um, and uh, immediately after we're done the word next Sunday, we're going to serve you communion or serve communion with you. Um, so we ask uh, for those of you that would like to partake to please um, make sure that you have uh, everything that you need so that you can partake in communion with us on next Sunday. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. And as you guys know, and uh, uh, it's always tight to talk about this, but I got to, um, you know, even through the midst of this financial situation and this financial crisis, uh, we still have a work to do as the church. Um, not only do we have to meet uh, whatever needs we need to meet here in regards to, uh, you know, our building and all of that, but we also want to make sure that we can be a blessing. Uh, to those in our Hope Haven community and even those that are not part of our community. Uh, we want to be a blessing to those and make sure uh, that they don't lack in this season. And if we have the sources, we can be a blessing to them. Um, so at this time, uh, there's an opportunity for you to give online. Uh, obviously, we're not in person, so uh, you can't give. <laughs> you cannot give in person through cash, uh, but there are options that you can give. You can go to the screen right now on Zoom. Uh, we are on Givelify, where as well as on PayPal. Um, you can give through either one of those ways. Uh, that money will be funded into our church account and we can continue to do the work of this ministry. Uh, those of you that know us know that our mission is to reach. It is to reach to, I'm sorry, it is to be real. It is to reach, to evangelize, to accept, and to love. Uh, so the first words of the Bible are about God's own generosity. God gave us the gifts of a beautiful creation, our home, the earth, and the animals that live here with us. On this morning or on this afternoon, now it's noon, we come together to thank God and to offer our gifts so that the ministry of this church will continue to grow and prosper. How should we give? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a... All right, I can hear y'all. No, I can't. <laughs> and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Why should we give? Giving allows us to serve our local community. Giving allows us to provide for those in need. Giving allows us to gather together in a building weekly. And giving allows us to spread the gospel in other cities across the nation and around the world. Uh, once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in on today. Uh, so please uh, feel free um, if you would like to be a blessing to Hope Haven Church. And we want to continue to do our work. Um, I think our work speaks for itself. I don't need to spend an hour telling you everything that we do, but uh, we are definitely um blessing the community during this season as well. And we want to continue to do that. Uh, so feel free to do that. Uh, once again, we want to thank you guys for tuning into Zoom. 
uh, with us. We will be having prayer on tomorrow at 7 p.m. on this same app. Uh, if you'd like to join us in prayer, please join us in prayer. Uh, it's not too long. It's about 15 minutes, if that. Um, on Wednesday, we'll be having Bible study at 7.30. Um, so we will be active, and I will be seeing you guys on Facebook Live on the days that we don't have service or any events at 6 p.m. or 6.30. Uh, so look for me on Facebook Live. I'll communicate with you, uh, share with you my daily devotions. Um, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us via social media or through our website and we will make sure to get back to you. Um, I love you guys. Um, As always, it's a privilege and an honor to serve and to share the word of God with you. And I will see you soon. God bless you and may heaven smile upon you. See you later.